A young man was finishing up his work day, and on his way home, he decided to stop in at the grocery store to pick up a few things for supper. And as he was going down the grocery store aisle, he noticed that there was an elderly woman staring at him. Uh, he just went on his way, took note, but went on his way. But as he was approaching the checkout counter, he encountered this woman again. And being a polite young man, he said to her, do you want to go in front of me, which she graciously accepted. So she went in front of him, but then she stopped and said, uh, I want to ask your forgiveness for staring at you. She said, you remind me so much of my son who died recently, and seeing you made me think of him. Uh, the young man was moved, and he said with compassion, is there anything I can do for you? And she said, there's one thing that would really lift me this day. She said, my son always came grocery shopping with me, and I miss him so when I come here to the store. Would you mind, as I check out and leave, simply saying, goodbye, mother? He said, that's simple enough to do. So she went through the grocery checkout line, and as she was leaving, he waved and said, goodbye, mother. She waved and went out the door. He stepped up to the counter, put his things on the counter, and the cashier said, that'll be $185. And he said, that's impossible. These few things shouldn't cost any more than 30 or $35. And the cashier said, your mother said, you were picking up her tab. <laughs> A very expensive lesson. Not everybody who claims the title mother is your mother. You know, a lot of us here have designations and titles that say something about who we are. I'm a priest and a pastor. Um, hopefully that says something important about me. Deacon Andy is a deacon. Joseph and... Jackie. Jacqueline, your parents, right? Mothers and fathers. Uh, a lot of you are mothers and fathers, grandparents. You're music ministers. Um, a lot of you are ushers. You do a lot of things in the church. You do things in the community. And I think that all of us deep down want the people who have these designations and titles, however exalted or small, we want them, those titles, to mean something. You have a right, for example, to expect that your pastor, and Father Jim is a great guy, I have a lot of respect for him, but you have a right to expect that your pastor is going to be a spiritual leader whose whole mission is to lead you closer to Jesus on your path to the kingdom. You want somebody who is what he says he is. You know, mothers and fathers, you know that simply giving birth to a child is not all that it is to being a mother or father. Uh, a lot of people give birth to children but don't follow through. You know that it's a lifelong commitment uh, to make sure that your son or daughter or your children grow up to be responsible Christian adults. That's part of what you embrace. You want that title mother or father to mean something, and your children in particular want those titles to mean something. You want to know that you love them and are willing to sacrifice for them. You know, a lot of us here are baptized, probably most all of us. So we bear the name Christian and Catholic. Uh, that's a pretty noble thing to be called. However, does every person who has that baptismal certificate actually grow to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus? Is it a lifelong embrace of a way of life? Or is it just a certificate you can show to say, yes, I was baptized? Don't we so want the name Catholic and Christian to mean something significant? We're really working hard 
at being disciples of the Lord Jesus. And people can look at us and get a true picture of what it means to be a Christian and a Catholic. It's certainly more than a certificate, uh, as important as that certificate is. In today's gospel, Jesus is issuing a gut check, a challenge to the Pharisees and elders that are there before him, and also to the other people that are listening to this. He wants to know, in your position, are you being true to who you are as a religious leader for the Pharisees and elders? And for those others who have embraced Judaism, are you following the Mosaic law? In essence, does your yes mean yes? Remember in the gospel parable he tells, he says the first young man was told by, asked by his father to go into the vineyard and work. He said, no, I'm not gonna do it. At some point, however, he woke up and went. The other son was asked, Are you going to, would you go into the vineyard and work? He said, yes, sir, and never showed up. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees and elders and others who are listening to him, you guys have said yes, but your yes is a fraud. You're not following through on the commitment you made when you said yes to the invitation to accept your role or to live as a faithful Jew. Does your yes mean something or not? And he says, there's a lot of people who said no initially, but one day got the message and listening to Jesus and who embraced it and went. And he says, those folks will get to the kingdom of heaven far earlier and far sooner than those who said yes, but didn't follow through. Does your yes mean yes? And quite frankly, I think that's the question he's asking of you and me today. Uh, in various ways, we've all said yes to the Lord and his way sometimes publicly, and sometimes when the Lord has come to us in the silence of our heart to invite us to something. And we're people of goodwill and good intention. A lot of times we say yes because we think the Lord wants us to, and maybe we really intend to. But the question is, are we in fact walking the walk? And maybe some of us are thinking, I do a lot of the time, but not all of the time. I do rarely, or I'm really pretty good at it. But today the Lord is just asking us to take a look into our hearts uh, what does your yes to the Lord mean? A few minutes ago, Jacqueline and Joseph, you got asked a very significant question that a lot of these same people have been asked, people that have raised their children. You've asked to have your child baptized. And in doing so, you are accepting the responsibility of training her in the practice of the faith. It will be your duty to bring her up to keep God's commandments by loving God and our neighbor. You clearly accept and understand this commitment you're making. And you said, we do. Over 45 years that I've been a priest, I've baptized a lot of children. And I've asked that question of a lot of parents. And I have never, ever heard parents say, no, I won't. Now, sometimes in the interviews leading up to this, when we're explaining to people what it means to be a Christian parent, they'll say, I don't want to do that. Well, they don't have to. You're not required to. Uh, we want you to, uh, but people come to a public ceremony, they're asked a very important question, and they say, yes, I'll do that. Uh, quite frankly, there's no greater gift you could give your daughter than to share with her a life in Christ. There is no greater gift, and I give you all the credit in the world for doing that. You're beginning a journey, however. It's not just today. It's for all that it takes to get her to Christian adulthood. And a lot of you parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts and godparents have been involved in that process. When a parent says yes, we so badly want that yes to have meaning. 
to be followed through on. Some of you may remember the day you stood before the altar on your wedding day in the presence of God in the community and you were asked, will you love and honor each other as husband and wife for the rest of your lives? And again, of all the weddings I've done, I've never heard any couple say, no, he won't. Uh, now, some may not choose to get married because they don't want to say, make that promise, but will you love and honor each other for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, uh, for the rest of your lives? And they say, yes, we're gonna do that. Well, those of you that are living the vocation of marriage know that it's the beginning of the journey, not the end. And hopefully every day, even when you don't feel like it, you are living that promise to love and honor the person you married as part of your Christian call. And how blessed is the church and the world and your families when you do that. It's not always easy, but it's part of your commitment. Your yes is intended to mean something yes. When I was ordained a priest, and when Andy was ordained a deacon, over the course of our preparation and at the ceremony itself, in many and varied ways we were asked, will you be faithful to this call that you've been both called to and in your embracing? Will your yes mean yes? Uh, you have a right to expect that we are going to follow through on that. And I hope and pray that we do to the best of our ability. Uh, our yes means, needs to mean yes. In two weeks, I'm gonna be going to a confirmation. About 75 ninth graders are gonna be confirmed. And just before they're confirmed, they're gonna be asked to renew their baptismal promises. And a lot of these kids say, now I get to do it for myself. My parents made that promise when I was a baby. I'm going to do it myself. So they're going to be asked to renounce sin three times and then to profess their belief that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and that they're willing and ready to live this Catholic faith as adults. How many of those 75 kids will follow through? I would love to see 100%. It would be great. And I hope you young people, when you make those kinds of promises, are aware that there's something really significant about your yes. Uh, don't we all want the people who are committing anything or promising anything to us to mean what they say and follow through on what they promise? And that's what the Lord is asking of you and me. So today as the Lord is inviting the Pharisees and the elders and the other people of his, who are his religious contemporaries to think about, does my yes really mean yes? Is he not asking the same of you and me? What does your yes to the Lord in the various ways that that's happened, uh, how have you lived that out? And sometimes that invitation to say yes comes in quieter ways. You know, your Matthew 25 gift today is gonna go to the Capuchin uh, Soup Kitchen in Detroit. If any of you have visited that, that is a one credible operation. And I'm proud to be a supporter of the Capuchin Soup Kitchen. Now, nobody's making me make a donation but when I hear the Lord talk about some of these wonderful ministries, and I realize I have many blessings, more than I need, can I not but share some with others who need it more than I do? Now, that's my intention. That's my yes on the one hand, but will I do it? Or maybe some of you have people in your life that are lonely or sick or just struggling, and a word or a little bit of time from you can make all the difference in the world. And the Lord is tugging at your heart to do something. And you're in your heart on the one hand saying yes, but do you get around to doing it? Um, when the Lord invites, and we seem to sense that he's calling us, let our yes mean yes. There's so many blessings to come from those who follow through. So carry that question that the Lord is asking of the Pharisees and the elders and of you and me today with you during the week. What does my yes mean? Does my yes mean yes 
in the fullest sense of that word.